0: all right welcome to another episode of Ducket. today we host the misfits we got ross we got nader and we got isa thanks for coming here guys topic of the day we kind of got another kind of reminder of a great campaign that we did together in 2016 when we relaunched uh the kareem brand elon musk decided to give us a kind of nod of approval uh well not on purpose, I think, <laughs> but um, <laughs> kind of tweeted out about us. So that was kind of cool. So no better time to have you guys back on and talk about, um, you know, how that ad came to be, how that creative concept came to be. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having us. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so um, I'd love to kind of tell the story of how it all came together. Um, I'll kind of um, introduce it so people get a, have a bit of context. At that time, I had just jumped into a new role at Karim. Um, I, I had just taken over the marketing organization. I think a couple of months, or like a month prior, and I had just gotten married to Nadia, my wife. And we were tasked with launching the rebrand of Karim. And uh, we uh, had an agency that was working on some stuff without naming the agency. But we had an agency that was working on some stuff uh, for the content. We had a um, a brand reveal uh, creative concept and when I came into the role we started looking at that content and we decided that it was pretty shit and that we were going to start from scratch and I remember one night I was um, not to sound weird but I was in bed with my wife and she was on Facebook and she saw an, uh, an ad that you guys did and um, obviously my wife knows neither from working uh, together in the past and uh, we saw a video of um, Fuck was it It was uh, the Visa ad, I think, and it was an ostrich on like um, a <laughs> or something.
2: <Exactly>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I remember that night, my wife was like, "Oh, you know, do you know these guys, the Misfits? Oh, one of my friends is a part of them. Check out this video." She showed me the video, and I'm like, "Oh, that's exactly who the fuck we need to talk to. Uh, somebody a little bit different." And then I emailed, or no, I Facebooked. I think Nader. I'm like, "Hey, Nader."
1: We you, I think up. you Facebook the group as well, yeah. the, like Facebook uh, the Misfits page. Yeah, Misfits. I think.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, hey guys, uh, we'd love to talk to you. We have a secret cool project or some shit. Um, and then I think we spoke like the next day or something. Um, <clears throat> and then you guys came in. I remember we had like a rush meeting at Karim. Um, I don't remember. Can no, I, I? Can I? Can
3: I? Can I tell you this part? Because yeah. a good part. Because uh, I was telling, I was telling somebody yesterday. It was cool, man. It was a cool experience for us, for us as well. Like the message, because we were so used to working with like the traditional clients, you know, walk into a Nestle or a Seven Up. It's all corporate. This bald guy with a tie, usually, you know, who's nothing against bald people. <laughs> um, so we, we walk into Kareem. So we got this message on Facebook, and the guy said, "I'm the VP of marketing. Can we meet up? So and so." And we we got, we get there. And the office is just chaotic, man. It's like 500 people. There's no offices. There's just people. It was like Wall Street, like Wall Street on steroids.
2: There's people
3: everywhere, man. Somebody on the floor, somebody on beanbags. And you see people grabbing each other like, hey, you're free, I'm free. You want to do this here now? You're like, oh, shit, they're going to fight. And then they like, <laughs> just random, man. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> you know? Why is it so crazy? Because, you know, that's just the startup energy and it was very different for us as well, I think. And, yeah, exactly. and then somebody yeah. said, uh, who are you guys looking for? We were like, looking for Chris, the VP of marketing. And he's like, all right, follow me. We got we to gotta look for him. I was like, all right, shit. <laughs> like, doesn't he have an office? <laughs> like, oh, he's somewhere. He's everywhere. And then uh, we eventually find him. He's uh, with a baseball cap, you know, on backwards. And we're like, okay, we've enough. We're leaving now. This is not serious,
2: you
3: know. Guys, <laughs> that that's not funny.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. and then that was crazy. I, I gotta say, Karim, at that time, at that time, I think that was the most fun I, I was ever having at Karim. I think it was like the golden era of Karim. No offense to Steve, who joined us a little bit later, but like,
4: it was, I'm just an observer in this call. Just yeah, you yeah. <laughs> guys along. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but. uh but man, it was like the golden era, man. The energy in that place, you're absolutely right. It was it was contagious too, man. Like it was a rocket ship. And you know, we were growing like crazy. The team was amazing. The culture was great. It was it was honestly. Yeah, it,
5: 20- it was kind of our golden era as well for us. Like we had just 2016 was our genesis. And you came in at the right time because at that time we had the attitude of like we're only gonna do stuff that we wanna do and we're gonna turn away. We had this like business plan, we're going to turn away business if it's going to bore us and it's not going to be good for our brand. We're going to do crazy stuff. And then you came in and it was like, you know, it's just the right time for everything. And the Visa stuff was getting good traction. Yeah, that that kind of got amazing, us a bit man. The Visa attention. campaign,
0: like for us, I think if we hadn't seen the Visa campaign, I don't think we would have ended up probably speaking. I think that really put you guys on the map. I think generally speaking in the advertising world, at least from my perspective, like when we That's saw... Sorry, Chris, go. On. No, no. I ju- I was just gonna say when we saw that, we knew that we wanted to work with you guys, and there was nobody else we wanted to speak to. It was like the decision was made once we saw that piece mm-hmm.
3: of content. It really kind of earmarked the way you guys do stuff, you know. So, I I just think we should have gone for equity. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should have.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, some, some, some percent share. Let's <laughs> 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 just shake on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it was crazy for us as well, man, because like after we met you, I think you traveled somewhere and then we were left with Nelio. Yeah. I went to get married.
0: Was it? Yeah, or no, I went on my honeymoon. I came back, then I went on my honeymoon.
3: This was the time where we, no, so we met and then we, no, no, I think we met you the first time and then we met you like three, four days again. But for the for the three, four days, we weren't seeing you. We were seeing Nelio. And okay. Nelio was drawing this picture, man, like, and Chris can just throw everything out the door. It's got to be right, it's got to be right. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And it was good for us as well because I think the brief that came to us was like, you know, we want crazy, we want crazy. And the place looked young and it was buzzing. So I think half our excitement and, you know, adrenaline was like, shit, if there was ever, if there was ever a possibility of doing crazies now, you know?
0: I remember the first time you guys pitched the concepts. We were sitting in that room. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a small room and uh, it had that TV. It was like four chairs around a square table. And I remember we were sitting in that room with uh, Zena Hakam. Uh, who else was there? I think Dana. Dana Huremi. Anyway, so we were like like a handful of people. <laughs> we weren't looking at like actual production. We were just looking at concepts. They were just concept slides, I think. And you had... Um, the,
1: f- the first time we presented, we, we just brought the... This- Things you stick on the wall and yeah, it was like, yeah, just, yes, it, yes. No, it was just purely those papers and then the second time we came around it was the
5: There's a great app. photo of the three of us, me myself, Asa and Nader in Q forty three. So directly after our meeting when we had that stuff on the wall and you I think you you literally went, Does he have to die? And we we're like, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then <we're> like, okay. <laughs> we're in q43 like with a beer and we have the things rolled up it's a great photo because the energy after that was just like yes this could ha- this could happen you know
0: And <laughs> that was amazing i think i think there was there was a couple of concepts there was a slingshot there was like a, a balloon or something i don't remember but there was like a bunch of like there was three concepts i think you guys pitched and the craziest yes. one was the slingshot and you had a reference you had this reference of like a extreme sport thing that we had seen somewhere. Remember you had a reference of how crazy it could look? I think, I think we had a dolphin taxi. In oh room. shit, the dolphin taxi. Okay, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember the dolphin taxi. Um, so
3: we, had, we had the whole research done as well, like all of our, the three of us, of how we're going to go to Cairo and shoot people <laughs> and pretend they're being pulled by dolphins and <laughs> you know, jet skis. And, I don't
0: know. Man. It was some crazy shit. and then And then, I don't know, somehow we all... Mustered the courage to just go with it, and then you remember
1: the first time we showed it, Magnus and Mudezzer. Yeah. It was done by that point. They just, they all they'd seen was the final video. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, we oh,
0: we, we pulled them into it like three days or four days before it was done. Oh, by the way, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is how we're launching the brand. <laughs> and then I remember Magnus's face, man the guy was
1: like in shock <laughs> it couldn't work out if they were excited or fearful because Magnus just stood up and started laughing at the back of the room and duster was just sitting on the table just <laughs> still observing <A> <laughs> And we're all just kind of awkwardly like,
4: uh. I, I felt like, uh,
5: you know, when your parents, like you're in a lot of trouble, but your parents don't want to save face. So they're kind of like, you know, I'll talk to you after this. Yeah. <laughs> but the front of us, we felt like, we better leave here. Get yeah, a I,
0: I here. thought I was going to get my ass kicked, to be honest. And I, I was so scared too, because I was like, man, I committed to these guys. They spent all the money, the production's like done, like, we owe money. If Mudassar doesn't want to do it, then we're screwed. <laughs> I'll have to pay for it myself. Ah, oh, shit. Um, yeah.
4: It was I can shit. assure you, it went down in folk law history, right? I could never live up to that moment oh <laughs> with my the God, slingshot.
3: It was also hard for us, man, because uh, Mudassar and Magnus got pulled in. And I think there was your finance guy as well, the guy with the glasses. Ancor. Ankur. Yeah. Ankur right. was there. It's true Ankur was there. there. I think Angkor was the one who like How did he voice react? Voice. He's the He's one who said, broke like, the ice, by the way. He's the one who laughed the hardest, I remember. Amazing. Yeah, but he also he also posed the question saying, are we really gonna like
5: kill people like is that? Yeah. Taking right? <laughs> uh, the brand manifesto. Is this in here killing people? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then
3: Magnus and uh, I think Magnus was it Modasar or Magnus, one of them was not comfortable with it. I think I think Mudesa wasn't comfortable with it. I think yeah. I think Magnus didn't really
0: vocalize much except just endless laughter. not to us, they left the room, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, M- M- Magnus just laughed and kept laughing, even when I saw him like the next day, he was still laughing about it. like he I don't think he ever kind of had a negative kind of or fearful kind of reaction to it. I think Mudase was just
3: really, you know, thinking about how people would kind of react to it. And he was super nervous about it. You got to understand from our perspective, like working with Rocter and Gambles and Nestle's, you know, if your clients leave the room without saying anything, poker face, uh, you know, and then you rushed out, you said, hang on, let me check. And we're just there. We're like, you are going to pay us, right?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? And then you came back in and you were like, don't worry. They're not comfortable, but don't worry about it
2: yeah <laughs> so we left
3: that place with the with chris telling us you know they're not comfortable but don't worry about it it's on me and and so we had a few of these it's on me right uh, to, be, to be fair to us as well like we had the same thing with imar yeah. where uh, the cmo you know without without showing a, a bar she released our balloon video and then she was like it's on me
4: and we were, we were like, you know, there's a
3: lot of it's on me happening. I don't know if this is happening or not happening, you know. Yeah, but that man. was
1: the, I, I, the right people on the brand side. Every campaign we've done, it's it's all making sure that there was sad, the right man. mentality on the other side, just as much as our side. But man, it's there not was easy. always. It's not easy, man. Like, the brands, you know, brands in the region do not have
0: this tone of voice. Brands do not have this this style. Brands do not take no,
5: risks. You know, I, I think it's more, Chris, honestly, and not to mm-hmm. give you too much kudos, but it's brand managers or whoever don't have, you know, the bravery or the balls, whatever you want to call it, you have. Like, most people will want to research something. If we had to research the slingshot, it would have went, if you mm-hmm. had shown it to people earlier than before it was made, they probably would have had a little committee meeting everyone walking by the janitor going god i think i should do that and then all of a sudden it's dead so it was just this perfect storm that kind of accumulated and even from i don't know if we've ever told you this a little bit before we showed you the edit we had to change. Remember, guys, it was really dark. We had a, like, a kind of deathly scream. We had this weird vibe going on. And we, saw and we were it, like, ooh, this is not good.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in we that had thing.
5: to re-edit this. We had to redo the sound. We had to redo everything because it came out really dark. And it was like, morbid. And we were like, oh, that's not nice. I don't like watching that. And then we rejigged it. Like, you know, even the sound design of me going, okay, you next. We had to make it <laughs> a little bit lighthearted and <laughs> scream nicer and all. You know,
0: I'll, 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 I'll be super, super honest and, you know, fuck it, it's on the podcast. But what you guys don't know is a month before I called you guys in and, and when I, right before I had taken the new role of Kareem, I had resigned from Kareem. So my, my, my state of mind was fuck
3: it. You know what I mean? So I was, I, I was also built up all that courage. Like, I have kids, man. Just so you know, I had kids back then too, man. You know,
2: that's risking a lot
3: of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I hear you. And
0: for me, it was like, you know what? Like if I'm going to stick around and, and I think what, what the organization likes and, and can benefit from me is having the courage to just do what I want to do and, and just really believe in myself and have the courage to do things because I think that's what the brand needed. At the time, don't forget, guys, like we were going up against the strongest, best-funded brand in the world. You know what I mean? Like they were the fast Uber was the fastest growing, strongest brand out there. There's nothing we could do to get share of voice. You know what I mean? There was nothing we could do. Even if we were super well funded, even if we had like 120 million dollars to just put on media, we would not be able to drown them out, right? So it was like I went in knowing that I could gamble because I was like, you know, fuck it, like let's just go for it. And at the same time, I also knew that that was probably the only recipe that would work. You know what I mean? Like that was—if we didn't do anything that would like make us stand out, then there was no point in doing a big brand launch. We could just do it like everybody else and just do like a transition video and make it like super subtle and corporate. Say, "Hey, we look different, but with the same great taste." No, but I realized we can't do that. I realized that if we were going to do anything, it would have to be crazy. So I think the perfect storm came together. Right? It was like I didn't give a shit. I was ready to take a risk. I was ready to kind of like put, put everything on the line. I think competitively we didn't have a single choice we had to do something crazy or else we were just going to lose the battle and and we needed that motivation internally too so that whole kind of energy we had internally we needed to manifest it as a brand you know what you were saying isa like you'd come in it was like stock market we needed to express that that wasn't being expressed you know people didn't know who we were and then then you guys came around and you had the same courage and shit so so the perfect mix happened and i think i think you know honestly like kudos to Magnus and Mudasser, right? Because even yeah. though we showed it to them last second, like they could have pulled the plug. Yeah. Mm. Easily, right? And and I remember the one thing Mudasser was not happy with and that was really, you know, kind of tiptoeing around was the ending, if you guys remember. Remember, the ending was going to be completely different. And we'll get to that part of the story in a second. <laughs> but like, you know, we were going to throw a guy into the sky and he was going to miss the landing and then, whole explanation at the end, you remember it was like a sketchbook? I don't remember. Yeah. It, was. Yeah. it was like, okay, we have this, we have that. It was very like functional and
1: this is how it's going to end. And I don't know what, and I and what was like, oh, I don't I like it. And, you know, I think we got caught up and uh, we got caught up in trying to say more than we needed Yeah. To. There was this whole background of like innovation and we want to be this, 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 this. When we really boiled down at the end and when the line became an issue and it was too complicated, it was just like, what are we trying to say essentially and it was kareem's the better way to get around because they offer baby seats because they do this because but without showing all of that shit it was just let's stick to like an awareness message that keeps stuff on. Yeah. but 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 by the way
0: like straight up we didn't know that going in right like if you remember when we first had the teaser edit there's a couple of things that we did right first we put a bunch of logos on buildings because that's what the Media uh, permit said we were gonna do. It's all it the was. rules!
2: <laughs> it was gonna be a
0: branded member. If you remember, we needed to put like a logo somewhere, and also it was to cover our asses. So we put a, yeah. a, a Kareem wink up on one of the buildings. If you remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, if yeah, ever yeah, we yeah. had to show someone, we're like, see, it's branded. Um, <clears throat> and then also we like lowered the resolution so it looked even more real. Remember how many times we did that?
5: Yeah, four yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, I, when potato quality in the end, but it. it, it it worked. It
0: worked even better,
5: right? It's like we were like, no, no, make it look like shit. Make it look like shit. Make it look like
0: shit. Lower the resolution. Make it worse. Make it worse. Make it worse. And then <clears throat> kudos to, to Zena at the time who did the whole strategy to release it. If mm-hmm. you remember how we released it, we didn't post, Karim didn't post shit. We had nothing to do with it. It was seeded by like, I think a handful of influencers and people.
1: Man, the, the way you guys did it internally is something no media agency does or has the boat like if you go to a media agency, they're very much like, Oh, we'll buy this section, we'll put it out here and this. When we said, Oh, shit, you can release this, I'm branded, then I'm this Zaina and you guys internally, like, we're on, on spot with how it should go out and how, it leaked, how to go back to it, which was like um, the, the biggest part of it as well. Yeah, I completely visa, agree. We, we never reflect on that, by the way, but it's the yeah, the, the visa campaign was supposed to be like that, but it was pushed on all fronts by the media agency by uh, the brand as well because of that risk of not having it branded immediately and I think, immediate, I, think,
0: yeah. I think i think the reason we took a different approach was because i think we realized that the ultimate objective was reach whereas media agencies want to do reach but measure at the same time right well, when we took measuring out of Kind of the equation, we're like, fuck it, we're not gonna be able to measure this, right? And if we want to measure it, we're gonna to have to track everything. And if you want to track everything, everything has to be super controlled. And we're like, if you control this and you try to control a piece of content like this, then it'll never go crazy, right? So the way, by the way, I think what, what Zaina did that was kind of cool, and I think what the team did that was like really, really cool, was they used WhatsApp in a way um, that you know. I think it's still an assumption, but, but generally speaking, we know that we dropped it in a bunch of WhatsApp groups and then, and natively, right? So it's like a video that people could download themselves and repost themselves, which meant that we would have no idea how many views it was going to get. No idea, right? Like it was, it would have been impossible, but we did that consciously. Whereas a media agency, it's not going to do that, right? They want to prove to you, look at what we did. Look how many views we got. They want to control the environment for various reasons. One, for integrity of the brand. Brands. <laughs> so, right? and, and two, to be able to like, you know, say, look at what we did. Right? But, but we knew that that wasn't our objective. So we were like, you know what? Let's, Let's just seed it through WhatsApp and see what happens and get some key influencers on all the different channels to go crazy with it and to post it natively without ever tagging us or anything. And I think that freedom, that cavalier kind of, I don't give a shit approach, was the magic sauce and the distribution of the video? I think that oh. was the difference.
5: <clears throat> I always No amazing Sorry. Go. No, I, on, Russ. I was just saying like it, 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 almost all the creativity in terms of the media from you guys came from a lot of constraints. Like you didn't have the budgets to do this. Like I remember you were talking like we can get these influencers to share it, but they're gonna charge ten thousand whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they all shared it in the end, not knowing and for free. So that's what I thought. What was amazing about dropping it into these WhatsApp groups was all the people that would come back and charge you twenty K, thirty K, you know, I've got four hundred thousand followers, here you go, here's twenty K, whatever. They were like, Oh, that's a cool video, let's share it. You know what I mean? But that was a big win for me. I remember like everyone shared yeah. it not knowing it's, that It's like we it's like we hacked ahead. it's like we hacked distribution, you know what I mean?
4: You did. No, 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 you did hack so from the outside looking in on the distribution piece, you you've totally hacked it, right? Because the from an outside party perspective, I mean, it, it came in three waves. This 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 content to me, right? So I'm living in Dubai. I'm not part of Kedim, and you know the um, the video came in and it was forwarded through just a typical forward, and then three days later, it's then forwarded like again three different groups come in, and then it arrived from the UK in a UK group from into my inbox. So, you know, to hack that distribution piece, and it was, you know, obviously once you, you, you'll get to the part of the story as you reveal, but once that reveal came in on the brand, it was like, as a brand guy, you're like, holy shit, this was a brand that knows what it's doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, that the hack of distribution was, um, was yeah, crazy. I think, I think and you think insane. about today's world and how you share, how you share content today. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was an amazing, uh, amazing thing.
3: But I, but I think, you know,
4: now that we just, we're talking about it, WhatsApp,
3: you know, that's where you release it. And, you know, I don't know if it's the same in, uh, in Saudi and in Egypt, I would assume it is, but in Pakistan, where I am now, WhatsApp is pretty, pretty strong, man. It's, it's where things get out and about and around. And I think, I think one of the yeah. reasons TikTok did so
4: well is because their share feature on WhatsApp is just stupid. It's brilliant. Yeah. They're, they're not uh, fearful of all the other platforms where you share content. That's what's good about TikTok. You just they'll create a format for all of those platforms to so then share man. content.
3: On the contrary, they built their platform off of all the other platforms. Exactly. Yeah. But whatsapp WhatsApp was a big part of it, do you know what I mean? Like and and, and and in Dubai, especially in the marketing industry, you know, WhatsApp is not even considered as a medium. Like forget about it. But what you don't
5: realize is there's there's a huge consumer base on WhatsApp, man. Like but we included yeah, but like if a brand gets my WhatsApp and so I get it, <laughs> I hate that. You can't do that. So we like got into the groups. The only way we did that was by creating what wasn't an ad, it was just a crazy video. You know, I'm not yeah, going to share an Avia yeah. ad with matter. With an and you know, it's but just, they do, man. They do, they do. I, I know, I, I
3: would disagree, man. I just, I've, I've been forwarded a lot
5: of ads, man. But, I mean, within marketing, marketing people are obsessed with advertising. They're obsessed no, no, with no, no. growth. They share ads. Does, yeah. Step outside the marketing world, no one really shares ads.
4: No one likes ads. That's the biggest... Is the shareability. No one knew it was an ad. So yeah. when you, once you received it, you had absolutely no idea it was an ad. I think, I think. yeah, generally speaking,
0: the, the tendency for people to share ads is probably much lower than the tendency for people to share unbranded stuff. I think that's for sure. But I, I think the easiest point, if you can create an ad... That is fucking awesome and shareable i think that rule kind of is, still applies but, but but the likelihood of that is like way smaller than the likelihood of an unbranded piece of content right
3: for sure mm. I, I i think i think i think it all depends on the video man if the insight is strong enough if it's husband wife if it's man woman uh if it's whatever if it's a very hard-hitting insight people do share it man on oh, I, so, I don't disagree man i think you're right i'm just saying that the, the likelihood mm. Yeah, sure, sure,
0: sure. Is is, is probably kind of okay. disproportionate, right? I think <clears throat> I think our video at the time, the teaser, was purely an unbranded thirty second, high adrenaline, crazy, psychotic piece of content, right? You had a guy getting slingshotted off the top of the roof in <laughs> Marina, right? Like, like it was, it was, it was super like out of this world, and I think <clears throat> what happened next day was 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 crazy, right? So. If you guys remember, we were gonna we were gonna post it on a Saturday evening. We
2: right?
1: did post it for ten days. Let's see if anything
0: happens. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's <laughs> let it go for like ten days and, and just like monitor and see how it goes and see what happens. And then and then we could do the reveal and say, ha ha, it was us, it's ah, This it's our new brand. <laughs> you know, a little wink. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: We, we weren't even like t- as a start, we made sure it was a good ad no matter what, in case that thing didn't work. So yeah. we'd even said, and we said, oh, let's release it unbranded and see how far we can get. Either way, when we post it as an ad, it'll still measure better, be organic. And then, fuck, man, fuck,
0: 10 days. Man, up- that, that was the scariest few days of my life.
3: <laughs> it was just a day, man. I think it was. It was. Man, it was think- insane. I think we we released it Saturday evening and then by Sunday afternoon, I think you
0: got the call, right? By by Sunday afternoon, I got a call. I'm not going to mention which authority or which organization, but I
2: got (laughs) a call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, actually, they called into Karim because I think they they found out it was Karim. Um, Somebody told them. I don't know who it was. And then they called into us and they asked us if this was our video and what was it about. And we explained it to them. And then they asked us, you know... (laughs) basically kindly to uh, reveal because it was kind of it was getting out of hand and people actually thought that this person, you know, had been killed. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which, which, by the way, blows my mind. Like, like in retrospect, like to me, it's, it's, I don't know, it's obvious that it wasn't real, but I mean, maybe for some people, you know, maybe, we, you know, we watch it.
2: <laughs>
5: we had <laughs> to do the ending. Do you remember that evening on Sunday? We yeah, had yeah,
3: 24 yeah.
2: it, it, it was mainly
3: because there was articles released in Egypt and Saudi and Jordan that claimed the guy is uh, Ahmed Saeed or someone, 26 yeah. year old Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 26 year old Egyptian, it just wasn't the guy they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they, they legit, so the guy who was actually. A, in the slingshot was sitting with us reading the article and his mom calls him on the phone and she's like, Mahmoud, oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's the phone, I am okay. Yeah. And he's like, I'm okay. his parents knew that all this was going down and it they was, were like, there's all this talk. So I think that made it really worse. Cause, cause yeah, after- it, was on, it was on the news,
0: man, everywhere. It was like on actual TV news, nightly yeah. news. It was Pakistan. like on every like news, Twitter handle. It was going crazy. Everybody uh, was talking
5: about it i i remember do you remember guys like we were you know everyone was falling and then it was like the people who made this film will be in jail and we, we were honestly we, honest we better go get our passports and i remember being scared i remember being scared like I, i'm gonna get home get my passport. i ran
0: i ran to our general counsel at the time it was the same general counsel Stavros. i was like man what do i do and he's like where's your passport <laughs> I'm like man, I don't know. <laughs> I like he's like okay, okay, just go home and sit at home. <laughs> I was, it was super scary, man. And like, okay. uh,
3: yeah,
0: crazy, man. And then and then they basically uh, told us like okay, like do the reveal, do the reveal, make sure people know that
3: you know he's okay, you know. Um, so he made us. So so they made a sense <laughs> in the, the video why <laughs> yes. we were calling all there. They're like, can you send me the revealer? And we were like, me, <laughs> I think it was me and another on the call. Yeah. I remember that. And then I'm like, okay, you should speak
0: to the misfits. And then I called you, Isa. Then this is the guy you need to talk to. I'm like passing you the hot potato as well. Like, geez, he's the guy that's going to make the ending, da, 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 all this stuff. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: and then. Was uh, totally awesome. life <laughs> <to him. laughs> that was some crazy stuff, man. And then. Um, yeah. And then he was like, you know, can you guys make sure he's alive? Like, can you say it in the end? And I was like, let sure.
2: us
3: think about
2: it, man. No, no, it would be nice if you
3: do. And and you remember
0: that night, or was it that night, We were actually saying, let's gamble and let's keep, let's
3: not do the reveal just yet. No, we started, no, no. We started, no I, I remember it wasn't us saying that, it was <laughs> you were saying that. You were this day for another day and I was like, man,
5: the guy called us. <laughs> I was at the airport at this stage. <laughs>
0: I'm like, let's just hold on one more day, hold on one more day, hold on. One. No, man, no, man, we got to reveal, we got to reveal. <laughs>
3: I remember going back to the office saying, uh, Man, I know it's good to have crazy brand managers, but this is nuts. <laughs>
5: yeah <laughs> 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 we, we, we were all in we were all in your office as me you nader and when you had to call the government official and, and it was, oh you, and it was, yeah it was really like tense and we were like we're in trouble we're in a lot of trouble up until the point where he's like you were like well I had the you know the Dubai film uh permission or whatever he was just like you had permission to this is like yeah yeah we got everything he's like okay and then you just know someone's about to get fired on the other <laughs> end. the <There's> <laughs> go. this,
3: Because we had everything in there, right? We submit storyboards, detailed storyboards yeah. showing you exactly what's happening that gets approved by the government. And stuff, so yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, Nobody realizes the virality and stuff. You can't tell off a of storyboard that, you know, this is going to go oh, crazy. Of course not. not. And in their defense, there's no way to kind of
0: evaluate <laughs> the storyboard and say this is going to be, you know, risky or not risky the only thing i think they look out for is things that are against kind of like you know policy right but like none of this stuff was against policy so it was it was easy to go by <clears throat> and then i remember you guys <clears throat> shared the um the ending and uh, i don't know you had what's his name jump off of a ladder and fall into a pool or something i don't remember what it we was. we had to do that
5: yeah they asked us to do that. <laughs> that we did that that evening we just ran up to the building the rooftop the, the pool like and <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, think, and I think, I think, about it, man, I, and I think, I think it was, it was definitely one of the videos that I think at least perception, uh, the, the the perception of how advertising works for people. You know, like taking something and releasing it in that manner, and then getting that traction. People just went like, "What? You could do that in the internet? Really?" Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't think any of us
0: knew we could do that either, right? I think. I think the strategy was quite naive going in. Like none of us understood the scale at which it would, it would explode, right? I don't think, like, I think, I think like in retrospect, I think one of the biggest learnings was if you try to tick all the boxes of marketing, which includes like being able to measure and optimize and this and target, if you try to tick all those boxes, then you take away from kind of the potential of a piece of content, right? Content only works in a natural Kind of cycle. Like you can't force content to become viral. The only thing you can do is make sure it kind of has the freedom to move wherever it needs to move, right? Like, like sometimes content will take three years to get viral. It's not going to happen the first day because it it had to go down the specific routes and channels to get to a point where it's relevant, right? So, I think going into it, we were super naive. But I think the recipe was—I've never been able to do something like that again in my career. I don't think I've had brands that have had the courage to let me do that ever again. And 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 to be honest, like you know, I I I I think Kareem, where it was in its life, you know, cycle and brand building, it was super unique. It was the perfect storm. I don't think, you know, I don't think this can happen anywhere, right? I don't think it can happen to any brand anytime. I don't think it's something that you can replicate. Oh, I need to do a, a slingshot viral kind of concept, and it's going to work, you know, to the T. I love it, man.
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> every every meeting we've had since. 2016 is like, we want the Kareem, we want this. And you're like, okay, we well, don't, you don't yeah. have the balls to the do it. The amount of anymore.
3: times the brand manager has said <laughs> to us, the amount of times, sorry, the amount of times the brand manager has said to us, we want something like the slingshot. And the amount of times our friend Baker another has turned around and said, do you know what, if you were the brand manager, you wouldn't go for the slingshot. And like, <laughs> 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 but It's true though. It's true. Because true. they want a slingshot, but if you go and present a slingshot, how many of them are gonna approve it? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you have to. Going back to your point, man, I think I think for us at least from an advertising perspective, we were on a mission to create this, you know. We had uh, we did dip our toes in it with Visa. There's the whale thing also went quite viral and there was a whole article where this lady said, you know, this is real, this is real, I know it's real and I live here, but I don't know what all happened.
1: That got over, I think it was like 50, 50 million. 60, 60 million views and like 40% was organic or something, which hadn't been seen like in but, loads of markets, let alone this one. That was so the first time we are like, oh, we're on to something. But we were, ads, that was when we kind of said, you know what, fuck doing ads. We're competing against content. People are watching shit, so it has to be something they want to see or enjoy seeing. That's kind of when we put our foot down. I think the visa thing was when we were like, we'll stick to this kind of... You know, so thing. So
3: our, our, our mission was always
1: to, to prove to the ad industry that you know, things are
3: changing. You've got to do it in a new way and you know, forget measuring ROIs and you know the sales and just brand building and see what can be done. Um, and the thing that makes Kareem different is the scale. it it achieved I mean that is unmatched we and I think it's going to be very hard to you know match that honestly speaking that doesn't happen it happened
0: once in a lifetime
3: I mean um, I mean when you look at
0: I mean how how it scaled so day one was a couple million views day two was about ten fifteen million views day three it hit the 50 60 mark by the end of the week we had gone to two hundred two hundred and fifty million views I mean you had people like snoop Dogg you know sharing it you had Ellen generous you had I mean, yep. four years later, you have Elon Musk sharing it. And and those are the accounts that we follow that we're aware of, right? So it's like, I remember there there, there were Facebook files oh. that had like 20, 30 million views by themselves, right? So it's like, it's impossible for us to really know how many views this this thing has, has actually gotten to, right? Um, and the funny thing was, once once we did the reveal, I think what was incredible, and which I think a lot of people then say, okay, well... If it's an unbranded teaser, then okay, great. You got views of the piece of content, but how good was it for Kareem? And and, and this is the part that I think is super interesting. Once we did the reveal, so there's two groups that we looked at. So audiences that we are kind of caring about, that we want them to be aware of us and convert to us. So those people were definitely made aware of us in our regions and our geography. But on top of that, kind of like the additional audiences that we never anticipated to get were either not in our region, not in our continent for example i remember you know a couple days ago i was looking into my old emails and uh, i think i forwarded a couple to that but like i had an email from a guy in japan who wanted to interview us i had an email from a person uh was it germany or brazil Um, yeah there was a tv show in brazil that i actually had to call into by the way and and be part of the show so so the video got so so viral it it, it completely went global it wasn't like a dubai thing it wasn't a gcc thing it wasn't a middle eastern thing it was a global kind of piece of content that that it crossed oceans within like like a couple of days right so so i think i mean when's the last time you saw a piece of content any content right artistic content branded content any content cross oceans and 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 get created out of dubai and go viral in brazil Right, like I don't think I've I've ever seen a piece of content do that coming out of the region, right? So I think I think yeah I, I don't think this is something that you can replicate. <laughs> and do
3: tons of I, I think you can engineer. Uh, I mean we, we, we tried. You know I had had one of these experiences in fact side, tried. Right? if we did get you know six million or eight million views in two days, it was great.
5: But you know it, it made the news and so on. But it, the scale that Kareem achieved. Sure, we, we we followed up the slingshot with the rhino in the Qatar. Rhino. And I thought that was going to be yeah. huge. That's still one of my favourites, but it just didn't didn't hit. Like getting that's what I hate about it. when you go into brand managers or marketing, people or anyone it, anyone that says we want to create a viral video, you're just like you don't know what you're talking about. It's it's a lottery, you know. I want to win the lotto, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. You, you have to like get that in people's heads. <laughs> you cannot create viral unless you try and tick these boxes, which is crazy. Like let's dissect the the slingshot. Someone, it's a cliffhanger. It's like a, a movie teaser. I'm like, I want to see more. Is that guy dead? What happened? It's so real. Like, it, it leaves me asking so many questions. I think with the Rhino, you kind of knew it was fake, of, well, it, but it was yeah, still a good exactly. video and stuff. But the Slingshot really did, like, make you quite, we knew, obviously, <laughs> but people are, like, you know, people are genuinely, like, was that real?
0: Is that, but, but there was, was like, a suspense. I, I really, like, I agree with you. Suspense, I think, I think. I think the Rhino, you knew it was fake, so you didn't pursue it or follow it or share it. But when you saw a guy get shot off of a roof and the last thing you saw before the video ending was the guy saying, cut. Mm. That yeah. was a difference for me, right? That was the, oh shit, what the hell did I just see? Was that real? I'm not sure, but, but I
1: need to time, share this, right? It's very
2: different. At the same
1: time, very subjective. So it, ticking all the boxes and all that science, like every time we've taken on a campaign, there'll be like four ideas, six ideas, whatever it is, you never know which one is going to be the hit as well sometimes. So like uh, when we did the stuff for OSM, they tried to kill uh, one of the videos where we had a firework exploding in the guy's face. And it was just subjective about, oh, I think this is funny. Oh, I don't think. And it got to that point where I think three of the, three of the ideas we were going to drop. And even us, sometimes there are ones that I don't like, but Russell like, or Russell doesn't like, and then I'll like. But once it goes out, like you don't know what people are going to pick up on and they have right. a good chance. So like out of three or four, it might just be one that takes off and goes kind of like huge. Or, and that was the firework one ended up being one of the, like the biggest ones for that campaign that went through.
4: With, with the slingshot, genuinely the question, the conversations in the groups that I was in was, holy fuck, was this, is this a real thing? Did, did a guy like, is this now been censored? And then you uh you're trying to figure out like and you're like no it can't be real it can't be real but just the the fact that you even got to the point where you created the seed of doubt and that, I mean I've got it playing it's currently playing now on Elon Musk's. Day. I'm pretty sure it's probably taken off again this has 7.4 million views from what June 11th the uh, the video that was posted by Elon Musk <laughs> I mean guys this is insane like, <laughs> He, he, I think I heard Elon
5: probably behind maybe Trump or something. I think he has the second most influential Twitter account in the world. Yeah. You know, and plus he hates advertising. Yeah. Good luck trying to get him to share an ad ever. It's not as if he needs yeah. the money. Yet he did. And people are like, yeah, well, you're unbranded. No, he but then you just go into the comments and people are like, it's a hoax. It's this, yeah. it's an ad, it's cream. And you just see comments on every video that's ever been posted anywhere. It's all in the comment section. Because you get the keyboard warriors, going, no, it's fake, I know this, it's, it's an ad, it's an ad. They're doing all your, that's media, that's free media. They're, they're just PRing yeah, yeah. it for like, that's the brilliance. Back I to the the thing. Thing. We
4: can't measure it. It's just, hard just, just on that, like, you go to the, one of the top comments, um, if you go, Hassan uh, Sajwani, Shaz- uh, like, he's the, um, He's he's the tech business counterterrorism politics like and he's responded he's like claiming this this is in, this is in Dubai and this is from Kareem, a brand in a brand in Dubai it's now gone full circle if you imagine your, what you guys were describing in your first like t minus twenty four hours from uh, when you um, released it I mean and, and to be honest like like Kareem today in June twenty twenty is still
0: reaping the rewards of this campaign now on the back of this right so. The brand awareness, the top of mind, and that tone of voice, that feeling i mean i mean i 'll be very honest i think, I think the timing is amazing. I mean a couple of weeks ago, Karim had to make some tough decisions. you know the brand had to let some people go. circumstances of the market is kind of shit i think I think in an odd way this this campaign kind of you know shows you the DNA of the brand all over again and gives you that energy and that good feeling all over again so i think, I think it 's strange, man, I feel like. <clears throat> I feel like yeah, I think we're all super proud of of, of what we did with that campaign and, and and how it turned out. But I think Kareem is still kind of reaping the rewards of that campaign, and that that's amazing. Man. And I don't think you know you can ever say that a campaign that was done you know five years ago, four years ago, for any brand is is still reaping rewards today, right? It's 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 odd that a campaign can bounce forward and backwards. I don't think this is the last time. Mm. I think who knows, man? A couple of years from now, it might happen again, and somebody else might post it, right? It's it's the more I go back and I look for that video and I just randomly look at the accounts that I remember were posting the video when we first started and I see how many views there are it just blows my mind
5: blows. I remember putting in uh, Dubai Slingshot into Google remember Nader when we were I think the first 18 or 20 pages of Google search it was pretty much all Korean Slingshot Kareem Slingshot like all different like 20 pages of Google
4: in from different it <laughs> it was, was crazy, crazy.
3: What's crazy is that, you know, they actually had done a slingshot in Dubai.
4: It, I was about to say, they created the slingshot. In they 2019, did. they created it. Yeah.
3: Oh, no, no, no. At the same time that we had done our slingshot. Yeah, there, uh, was, a, there, was, there had, was
0: an extreme sport one. that was Yeah. X
3: Dubai had done X Dubai. one. Where they actually took the guy and created the slingshot and they shot him into the, into the air. Yeah. And then he, he just had a parachute and he just you know came down. That just got overshadowed by our slingshot. So if you go and see, if you go and search to <laughs> slingshot. All you see is our slingshot. <laughs> and you don't see the actual one, which you know X dubai poor for guys. You know it was gone like this. Is just going viral, man. <laughs> little, did, little, did they know. There was three guys. Was real there. boring. <laughs> <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe <you're> joking, like, <laughs> and you guys yeah. remember we had the. Um, we had also the skateboard one, by the way.
2: Yeah? Yeah. A, guy yeah, a skateboard yeah.
0: holding the back of a truck. And then there was yeah. the rhino. Yeah. And then we were going to do the one where the guy was jumping off the bridge to land on the bus. Well, Isa, basically.
5: <laughs> yeah, we did, we did. <laughs> I don't it think. Off, it, did,
0: it. Did, did we release it? I don't remember if we released that one.
5: I, I think we did. It time. got taken down. Uh, it was in bad taste for suicide or something crazy oh we yeah agreed
4: at the time yeah let's oh, take that
5: away.
4: yeah oh, but you, you guys get down or it was down before
0: no no i think we posted it and then initial reactions were kind of super negative people were like oh my god uh, there was a bunch of like sensitivities in that video
5: but yeah yeah. We, so as the Misfits, so we've obviously worked on lots of different stuff other than Kareem, but most of the time it's a kind of 50 50 split with negative <laughs> and positive <laughs> about our campaigns. Um, and we've yeah. realized that's actually a good thing because yeah, it's, yeah. everybody's talking whether it's good or bad. We, we did a, another thing for a Kiwi brand and we were reading the comments ourselves and it was like, ah, oh, how dare you show this girl's bottom in these jeans and blah, blah, blah. Like keyboards go, like, oh, no, we're in trouble here. And we went into the meeting. And they were like, brilliant, sit down, guys. We were like, should we not? We thought we were in trouble. there. Like, no, this is the most amount of traction we've ever got. We don't care. It's brilliant. And that's and then, the thing. Is, it's how so you're going on. No, just to finish off, that ended up being entered, winning awards. It grew their business by 600% or something crazy, I can't remember. Yeah. And all, like, it, it, A lot of other people would have pulled it straight away. You know, what I mean, we've had stuff pulled from cinema ads from, uh, in, you know,
1: The weird guess. thing that was like the learning from that is, is because when they showed us the data, all we could see were negative comments because those are the ones that would spend the time to write something or anything like that. But for every comment and organic reach it got, it reached so many other people that liked it and would just like, wouldn't bother to comment, but it got to the right people. But we were just so concerned on the negative. But but I think this is fundamentally
0: the problem with people that manage brands. It's like they don't understand fundamentally what a brand is supposed to do. All a brand is supposed to do is be memorable and have a place and and people need to be made aware of it. Whether you love a brand or you hate a brand, if you agree with it or you disagree with it, that's not the point. You just need to be memorable and have a position. If you stand for nothing, you don't have a, a character, a tone of voice, a personality, a perspective, then you're not a brand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now today, I mean, look at the world we're living in today and <laughs> the world kind of seems like it's on fire, but like brands that are not saying anything or not participating in any of the conversations, no matter how sensitive they are, are brands that don't exist basically. Right? Like, and that's the thing, like distasteful or not, or offensive or not, if, if the only comments you read are negative, as long as people form an opinion about you, that's good. Whether it's bad or it's good, it's still good, right? Now, of course, there are limitations to that, just like there are limitations to everything in life. But generally, your brand has to strike some sort of feeling. If, if people engage with your brand and they don't feel anything, then they're not going to remember you. They're not going to care about you. They're not going to like you or they're not going to hate you. You want them to pick one of the two. You don't want them to feel like, Meh, that brand doesn't mean anything. They need to form an opinion about you. You know what I mean? And that's the problem with brand managers. They don't get that. They're so scared.
5: You know? but it, 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 it's, it's, it's like you said, brand is a personality, but you have to be kind of consistent and it doesn't happen overnight. The problem with Dubai is everyone has like a two-year, you know, you go in and this marketing guys for two years. On the creative side, it's kind of two years, three years, you know, ECDs. It's very, so no one's there for the long term. They're just kind of like, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to get fired. So let's just go vanilla. I everyone drives,
1: safe, drives, me, drives me mental, by the way. On the uh, they're too scared. They don't want to, they, they don't care about like, Get, getting good results or bad they just kind of want to okay let's play it safe stay to what we have and then even in agencies when we used to work in agencies how many ideas wouldn't even get to the brand be it wouldn't even be yeah
0: and i gotta say like being in-house most of my career and like being like leading marketing inside within the brand i gotta say like i have a huge frustration with the way kind of marketing is kind of evolving over time like like I really feel bad for people that lead marketing in organizations or, or lead brands today is because they have their hands cuffed. They can't do much, right? So they don't control, you know, the performance marketing. They don't really control, uh, you know, much of the channel stuff. They have huge limitations on the content or the tone of voice, the personality that they're able to kind of get out there. They're extremely worried and they're held accountable to the performance of the company right? It's like, oh, if I'm not selling, it's your fault. But at the, mean, at the same time, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that. And don't do this and don't do that. And it's too risky to do this and it's too risky to do that. They're, they like live within this world of limitations, but are accountable for everything. The highest rotation of any executive role in any business is a marketing bar. You see CMOs or brand managers get rotated like nobody's business, right? Like you just see people just get churned nonstop and that's because they're basically their heads on the cutting board right and 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 they're the ones that are accountable but at the same time they're the ones that have zero power in organization right it's 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 incredible right like ceos never get you know uh you know blamed for bad performance or chief product officers never get blamed for bad performance when when you know whenever when, when anybody there to blame it's marketing but at the same time when marketing asks for money or you know, uh, risk-taking or flexibility or whatever, they never get it, right? So it's like, you can only play within a certain area and they've always played within that area. So nothing's ever going to change. So long as you stay within that ring fence space, nothing different is going to come out of it, but they expect different results, right? It's like, don't change the brand. Don't be too outspoken. Don't do something. Oh, we don't do that. That's not our brand. Or, oh no, we don't do this. But do everything within that world, but give me a different result. And that's, like, I think that's partly why I think I left the whole, like, I'm going to work in-house and I'm going to be in brands and I'm going to be a CMO or or lead, you know, marketing for an organization.
3: Fuck that. I have zero control.
5: I think that what you did, like risk taking all that, that's a lesson to be learned. Like if you look at the guy, the the head of uh, Burger King, Fernando something, and yeah. King, you know, he's he's heralded as the great. He's on all the juries. He's brilliant. And he is. And But look at his brand. They're attacking McDonald's with Whopper detours, turning stuff on fire. It's brilliant. It's hilarious. Yeah, We're yeah, sharing brilliant. That. So you have that's to take it. a risk. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a lesson in life. If you don't put your head on the chopping block, if it succeeds, then you're above the rest of them. You know what I mean? Like, Think about from the Kareem video, like everyone wanted to know who the Christian Eid was because he was the guy that did the Kareem. You know what I mean? Like you can build a career on putting your, like taking. But
0: but to be candid, but to be candid, I left. And I left for reasons, right? I left for, for, for reasons that were personal and reasons, you know, also that like, maybe I wasn't kind of, maybe the perspective and the view and the approach that I was taking was not appreciated. Right. So, so mm-hmm. problem with brands is that, is that in the moment, you know, when, when the slingshot happened, everybody loved it internally, externally, it was amazing, but the justification was that the brand needed that at that point in time, but that, that, what that DNA and that character wasn't necessarily something that we should stick to longer term, which is a mistake.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, so, so Burger King Held on to that DNA and to that character, right? So today, Burger King is always going to take a swing at competition. Is always going to do a bit of a stunt. It's their tone of voice. It's who they are. Whereas, if you look at Kareem today as a brand, and I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus because Steve, who's here, actually managed the brand for a while when I was. You know, he was him and, and I think Ian at the time brand <laughs> So oh,
4: it's you,
1: Steve. No.
4: Yeah, but but it was, James, it, was, it was it was on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the handover that Chris did once he <laughs> <to> finished. <laughs> <you. laughs> no, but, but but what I'm saying, arrest warrants
2: and stuff. handover. But but
0: but 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 I mean, to to kind of Steve's defense too, the brand felt that it had to grow up. And that, and that that tone of voice wasn't who it was, right? And that it was cool for the moment and all that. But over time, it got more structured, more serious. Tone of voice got a bit more controlled. Because like, that's who the brand thought they were. And, and maybe they're right. Time will tell. And so far, I mean, it's been super successful as a brand. So I mean, who am I to say that they're wrong? But, but generally yeah. speaking, Burger King, and, and, and when you tie that reference, it's kind of interesting because Burger King anchored that tone of voice. That's who we are. You know, like, you know,
3: I, I, I always use this analogy, um, uh, of campaigns, a brand's personality and comedians, you know? So if you come out with a funny joke once, you know, okay, you, you, that guy told me a funny joke, but if every time I see you, you're funny, right? That you're a funny guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's your personality. If a brand does a one-off and it's a success, great. And then if it never repeats that personality again, you know, I'm speaking generally, right? I, I, don't think, I, I don't think Kareem went completely off because I think they retained a lot of their uh, playful personalities and, and still do till today. Because they did a lot of, uh, lot of good stuff in Egypt, a lot of good stuff in uh, Pakistan as well. Yeah. You know they, they were quite viral, top of mind. They've, they've managed to stay in the news.
0: I think, I think in 2017 and 2018, for sure.
3: Uh, yeah, I think so really I, so I got a bit more dialed down, down, but yeah, generally yes, I would agree with you to some extent. Yeah. so I wouldn't say that their personality completely went from where they were, you know, like to where they are now. I think it's it's, it's more matured, maybe, or they they have toned it down, maybe.
4: I think it was um, uh, yeah, but it, yes, it was it, an interesting it's an interesting time because you the brand went th- kind of morphed through like when I when I took over the brand it it kind of morphed through different phases. So in and. The durability of and right? the brand resonated a certain way in different, different markets, different countries, and you know, element to the brand that was developed by the team was dialed up more in certain markets, and dialed down a little bit more in you know some of the other markets. You know, from maturity level to try and resonate more, to try and conform. And you know, and brands when yeah, you think yeah. if, you, if you look at brand, if you look at brands as um, you know in general, Kering still a young brand. So, you know, figuring it's footing out who it is, what it stands for, you know, that that was a, yeah, that was a that journey that was kind of fast-tracked. Exactly. And the slingshot was, li- I mean, you literally catapulted the brand into the mainstream. So it was almost running so fast, I'm going to try to, you know, figure out all the different pieces and, and where it stood. And, um, and you know, that that was, you know, taking over yeah. and trying to manage the brand. And that's the challenge coming off the back of that was that kind of like almost divide of, you know, how do you... How do you keep all the plates spinning based on what's working here and what might not work here and that maturity piece that comes with it?
0: But I also but I also think a lot of it also is, is is a topic that we just discussed earlier. So if there is a rotation or if there is a change of leadership in a mm-hmm. marketing organization, inevitably the marketing will change. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. that's only natural, right? That's only normal that to some extent the type of marketing, the attention, the focus, what the brand is going to do is inevitably gonna be it's going to differ a little bit. Of course, the brand is the same. The fundamentals are the same. The, the tone of voice should be the same, but the way it's kind of manifested sure, yeah. is a bit different because the interpretation and the focus might be different too. Not to mention, like you just said, Steve, the point point in the life cycle of the brand is also different. So, so I think I think fine, yes, but I also think Kareem as a brand, in terms of, of of its tone of voice, it 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 has evolved. It has become. It's now in different. Um, uh, verticals in different parts of business they do food they do payments they do this to do that so maybe trust is a bigger you know <laughs> a huge part <laughs> uh, of it yeah. it's a huge part of the brand now too whereas it wasn't you know that much of a big deal back then especially when we were competing head on uh, just on, on radio um, okay. but, um, but yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah but, but you know but I do agree with you know your earlier point where you said you know Burger King has maintained the personality and, and the level of uh, for lack of a better word savageness right <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they've maintained that, you know, for, for a long time. And now you, you end up loving the brand. You know, Old Spice has done it. Nike has done it. You know, you pick up mastercards. So when a brand does stick to it and does understand what their personality is and does follow it through, it, it has an enormous impact on people, right? Yeah.
4: And, it, and, it, and brands that do that have a centralized model that enable them to do that. Brands that are operating a you want <laughs> Yeah, I want to go there. Brands operate in a more decentralized uh, manner, where um, where control is um, outside government, then the brand I, I agree, man. does not stay consistent. But yeah, agree, there's, see
5: it. There's, uh, there's a strategy to Burger King's approach. Like it's kind of you know advertising 101. If you're the market leader, you have to grow the market. If you're not the market leader, you have to rob market leaders' share. McDonald's is the market leader. They need to get new people eating their crap. Burger King just needs to take people away from McDonald's. So there is method to the madness, but it's just funny and it's entertaining. And it's me going, I don't particularly know Burger King as a good brand before this. I know it has the king. I never really thought, but as soon as they started attacking McDonald's, I was like, this is cool. Because you're yeah. just like, they're fun. I like it. You know but then, what I mean? But, the, but, Positive. but
3: look at that. Let's take that as an example, right? To what Steve, you're saying, right? Centralization and decentralization. Hmm. You, you cannot centralize that idea because you can't have competitive um, communication marketing yeah. in most of the, uh, of the world, right? It's just in the U.S. Yeah. And you can actually attack McDonald's. So right there, is Burger King funnier outside? It's not, right? I don't know. We don't see uh, anything cool from anywhere. So I, I don't know if the decentralization, centralization I, thing, you know...
4: Yeah, no, I, I don't know about the um, on the Burger King front. I think the, the centralization of the ethos of who they are and the understanding of who they are. So there there is some really cool stuff that um, And, you know, Fernando's done an incredible job of, um, of kind of building that community around the world when it comes to Burger King. Um, you know, you look at some of the campaigns in the UK. They've done some, you know... Incredible stuff there, which is again very it follows that same ethos. So the buy-in, the consistency there, it's almost like the the creative yeah, Burger King yeah. school. Once you have that alignment and you 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 are all every single marketer in your organization is working down that route, then of course you can be you can operate in a completely decentralized manner, you can operate from local markets and you could just continue to build the ethos of the Burger King brand in the local market relevant to the audience. What I'm saying is is that when an organization Has a difference of view, difference of opinion, and the opinions are allowed to fester and not be controlled. You will, you will then have that chaos and that identity crisis, which every brand, um, I'm sure, goes through at certain periods of time. And that's when the consistency dies, and therefore the actual ethos of the brand gets distilled, not distilled, diluted.
1: And uh, a question I have for you, for you guys, being on like having had experience on the brand side, when something works do you not commit to that and then build on it as opposed to switching up the strategy and all of that? Like Old Spice used to communicate completely differently. When they tackled into the kind of style, humor, and the objective of talking to women and men through the kind of idea they went with, it worked and then they stuck with it and they built on that as opposed to kind of switching it out. Was there anything at the time when it went out in certain markets where it was like, wasn't working, and that was the reason. They're like, "Okay, we need to be more of a professional brand, be more careful of like how we speak and all that." So,
0: so at the time when the slingshot did really, really well, I think internally it was a huge hit. I don't think anybody um, saw it as otherwise. The challenge that we had at the time is that, and in retrospect, it still stands true. But today, I think our position is a bit different. But in retrospect, at the time, uh, we were extremely uh, decentralized in our marketing organization. We, we had um, built you know, small marketing organizations in every major country. And at the time, that video was a brand reveal um, kind of attention grabber. And the idea, if you guys even remember, was part of the plan was that we would have uh, videos created on a country by country basis. So we had the, uh, the one for Qatar, uh, the Rhino, we were gonna have one for Pakistan, if you remember. It did one for
1: Pakistan, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And we Blood were, in,
0: yeah. yeah, we had one for Saudi. Uh, we were gonna do one for Egypt. Anyway, so, so the problem was that um, the quality control of a, of a marketing, a decentralized marketing uh, organization that was a bit, I would say immature, like Karim, was, was the challenge. So we couldn't allow the cities to just take the concept or recipe and do it themselves. So we kind of tried to manage it centrally, obviously. And you guys were going to help us produce that. The problem was removing them from the process or removing them from the journey of creating the content that was going to be hyper localized for their market. Kind of left I would I would say almost like a bad taste in their mouth, right? So it was like we were this we were this startup that would you know super empower people. Um, um, you know we were. Place to be if you worked at Kareem, you could do awesome things, especially if you were a marketeer. Like, you know, your brand was cool, you could almost say anything. We were, you know, super digital as well. We were all in the content game, we were engaging on social media and saying things on social media that most brands wouldn't. And the fact that a lot of uh, the local teams weren't that involved in the content creation and it wasn't within their market, I think, kind of left um, a bit of a bad taste, and hence, um, you know, the buy in. Um, and the collaboration with the cities was, was was a bit more challenging and over time, that kind of you know um, kind of grew a little bit as an organization. so we decided to build marketing capabilities within the organization, but within smaller teams in every country and over time, the idea was to decentralize almost everything, and that the idea was that we would only control the brand locally uh, i mean centrally um, The problem with that was that um, you know, giving a bit, more, a bit too much control to the markets uh, left a uh, gap in terms of consistency and quality uh, because the caliber of the teams that we were able to get in those markets probably wasn't, wasn't that good. And over time, you know, those things improved. We ended up having amazing marketing leadership in a lot of the markets. But, but <clears throat> essentially, we, we were losing the consistency of even the fundamentals of the brand. So you know, over time, even though people all acknowledged the recipe was one for success... I think the ability to execute it, to control it, to do it consistently. I think we were not an organization that was mature enough to do that amount of decentralization. I think to Steve's point, Will
3: you hire an agency, now?
0: Yeah, I mean that was
3: the
1: idea, right? <laughs> and that was the idea. <laughs> so I, in the I I I
3: I. I want to no, I want to, but I want to say. Uh, I think I want to um, pose the question now that I asked again. Look, if you think about, if you think about brands like Axe. And Geico, you know, look at Axe. Did you uh, and Snickers? Sorry, Axe Snickers. You know, you're not you when you're hungry. They've just stuck to that. They reinvented every year. They, they, you know, but the personality, the messaging, the idea does not change. And I think what Nada's trying to say, and 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 one of the things that we kind of like really it really kicks us in the nuts, um, which we you know we hate, is the fact that. You do all these campaigns, you do a lot of campaigns, you know, like Ross said, you never know what's going to hit, what's going to miss, right? You you put all your strategy in place, you do all your research and you say, all right, this is what I want to send out as a message to people and I want a certain reaction. If you get that reaction, like the slingshot, right? Like we did get from the slingshot. When you get that reaction, you know what works. Now you know what works, Right. Why move away from it? Stick to it, because,
1: right? No, but what you guys have to understand. What you guys no, have to the, understand. No,
3: it, no, no,
0: no. I don't
1: there, think, <laughs> there is also a time and place. So we also from our end, uh, I mean. <laughs> we like we don't take on the reason we only work on like campaign uh, basis is because we know that a brand doesn't always need the type of content we make, but it still needs a bit of consistency. If you're gonna take that I mean. approach.
3: But but
4: one, I'm not, I'm not talking about the content though. Baker. I'm talking about the no, strategy, right? You, you, you yeah, you're talking look. about recipe and idea that the idea and recipe, yeah. you. what, what you've done is you have found a recipe that works for your audience. It's going to work for your brand. Now, to the point that I think Chris, you're probably better place to do this, but branding is a dictatorship when it's not a dictatorship and it's a democracy. It's fucked. Period. Amen, Chris. So,
0: so yes. So <laughs> in in my career, no, but we so share so the frustration, far, you know. No, no. In my <laughs> career so far, I could only co- come to one conclusion: if you want to build a brand, there's only one way to do it, and it's top down, right? So, so. Me too, man. I think. I mean, it's it's you need discipline, and it's it's like Steve said, it's a dictatorship the second you decentralize, and the second you give too much power to different interpretations of what your brand guidelines are, what your recipe or your tone of voice is, and you empower different countries or different you know, parts of the organization to make decisions without you know, a due process and without a centralized kind of view of the world, then you don't have any consistency. It's done. And the second you don't have any consistency, no matter how awesome your campaign is, whether you got a billion views of your slingshot or not, structurally, you're bound to fail.
3: Yeah, and you see it happening time and time again with brands, again and again. They have a success, then they move off. They have a success. And you're like, what are you doing? I just like what you did, you know, previously did. You know, I was really impressed with Snickers. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the last one, you know, The World is Just Hungry. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. How, you know, you were thinking, how would they reinvent You're Not You and You're Hungry in a time like this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But kudos, man. They did it, and they did it well, and you just love the brand for it. You know, to keep one idea going for that many years.
0: But I think the Nestle, sorry, I, the Nestle, the P&Gs, the Johnson & Johnsons, by the way, all these big, you know, conglomerate groups of amazing brands they only know how to build brands. They have that discipline, right? Like, like once you're a, a part of that family, which Snickers and, and those guys are, once you're one of those established or part of those established groups, they have the discipline. Whereas younger brands today, you know, it's, it's like a hit or miss. Some of them totally get it and have that maturity and understand, you know, the fundamentals and some don't, right? I think, I think today we, you know, I look at organizations and, and being disciplined and, and, and running kind of a dictatorship is not cool. Right? Like that's not our brand. That's not who we are. We're, we're, we're a lot you know, easier and more flexible. We're a startup, you know, like flexibility is the name of our game. And if we're, if we try to be top down and, you know, have rules and discipline then it might not be good for the organizational culture. And I get that too. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not. That's, that. Yeah.
3: That's, that's always been our internal reservation as well. Like we've, we've never at times not seen eye to eye when we go like, you know, let's work with more with startups or let's entertain this startup or not entertain the startup. For this very reason, right? Because most of the startups don't get it, man. They, they're, not, they, they're not even scratching the surface of brand building as yet because they're just building the business. We, we get that as well. Do you know what I mean? If
0: you I, look mean at, I, I have a different view on that. I think startups, unrightfully so, don't build a brand for the wrong reasons. It's because they've only been incentivized to grow revenue. not For fundings, yeah. Right, so they're they're not motivated and they're not incentivized to build a brand. They're incentivized for like a short term high that will last them, you know, the next thirty days until they have to raise, you know, more money. So they're not like no investor is going to tell them, "Well, oh, your brand is amazing." The only thing they're looking at are the KPIs, right? So, so there is no incentive to make that long term strategic kind of investment and figure didn't, that out. Didn't
5: didn't some uh, remember you told us a story about guys were over from Japan, Chris, and, and you had a big yeah thing, and so, all they wanted to talk about was the video.
0: Yeah, so I got pulled into an investment meeting
5: um,
0: and uh, at the time uh, they were evaluating us and I had to present what we were doing in marketing. And at the time, uh, the group was called Rakuten. I don't know if you guys know who Rakuten is. It's a big uh, Japanese group. Um, And they really believe, by the way, in sports uh, sponsorship. They actually sponsor uh, uh, Barcelona and they sponsor um, another... uh, uh, basketball team in the U.S. I think it's the Golden State Warriors. Anyway, so uh, when their kind of committee came to evaluate, you know, uh, I guess Kareem and to meet us, I was there presenting, you know, what we do for marketing. I took them through the whole marketing strategy and this is what we do and da, da, da. And then when I showed them the slingshot thing and they like, oh yeah, show us that. How'd you do this and how'd you do that? And, oh my God, that's amazing. <sighs> and, and one of them had already seen it and it was like, oh, show us this. And I know, how'd you come up with this? This is amazing. Like a very serious meeting turned into like, a room full of laughter and, and, and people totally got it and were super excited about the brand because of that. So, I mean, I think I think the slingshot for Kareem is kind of like, you know, it, it's funny. I, I woke up, Elon Musk sent it, when was it? Thursday? Was it Thursday? I think Thursday, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: I woke up and the first thing I saw when I picked up my phone was a WhatsApp and it was actually from Mudasir and it was <laughs> basically elon's tweet and i woke up to that and i got so excited right and i feel like and then magnus sent it and then abdullah Aliya sent it so the three guys like you know one after the other all sent it to me it was actually super funny i mean i don't talk to those guys on a regular basis anymore so for one it was great to kind of reconnect on that but what was awesome is that i think that that piece of content is like a gift that keeps on giving by the way when it comes to it is yeah it endlessly just brings it back brings it back brings it back and i think I think for a long time, I don't think, you know, I, I look at the landscape today in the region, by the way. Um, I don't see any brand uh, today that's doing anything out of the ordinary. I don't know about you guys, but I don't see anything that's really different. At least in the Middle East. I don't know about you, in Pakistan, or, no, you know, not really or in not. Dublin, Ross. But, but I mean, here in the Middle East, I don't... There's nothing, man. There's absolutely nothing. Not even a tone of voice that's cool.
3: Like... Is- just it was Rainbow. No, I'm joking.
0: Rainbow doesn't exist anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I yeah. <laughs> ah, Cha-ching, baby. <laughs> oh. <yeah. laughs> no, but I think, man, I think it has to be a combination between crazy and strategy. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to maintain that personality of crazy. Do a slingshot, you know, every now and then, and then you know, but maintain that personality all year round with your tactic, you know.
0: I think and, it's a Karim, bit of both. and that's why I'm saying that I feel like Kareem changed a lot of it because at the time, even on social media, Kareem would completely take over any conversation that was worth having online. Right? I mean, if if anything crazy was happening online, Kareem would interfere, would say something crazy. If anything, you know, happened, Kareem was there. If you know, it, it, I, that's why I feel like you know. And sure, I think a lot of it is warranted and, and 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 kind of a natural evolution of the brand. But I don't think any other brand has taken its its kind of. Place or, or any other brand is doing anything interesting. Even, by the way, like yeah. the, the, the great brands that you guys worked with before, Visa, their tone of voice is completely flat now, right? I mean, in the region... And that's what
1: I was going to say. I was going to say there are brands, like the stuff we work on, we still stick to only producing stuff that we believe delivers their objective message in the most entertaining way. So that we do get to do cool stuff with a lot of brands and we, do, we only do, the, like we try to aim only to do that stuff. The issue is what we were talking about earlier, where it was like with the it's it's like being the hot chick on the side. They won't marry you, but they'll like every now and again they'll meet you in a hotel room and see what happens, get a bit of excitement, and then have to go back to their wives and kind of pull back. (laughs) I don't know. What What are you
0: on, man? (laughs) You
3: alright, man? I
1: don't
3: know, man. you want to talk about you want to talk about
1: something, okay, okay, man? yeah i think we've been doing like we've we've do, like we've only done cool shit with fans but the issue is that consistency
4: no no i
2: look
3: like the hot chick in the hotel room man <laughs> <laughs>
5: madder you are you wearing pants
3: no, I'm serious,
5: man. Can you explain that again? What the fuck do you mean? No, I, we're, uh, the, I got the, it. I the, got the retainer, it. The retainer is like an unhappy marriage. And it's this. You have to work with these. We are. We're like the mistress. We come in and they all these guys are cool. We love them. They're so much fun. And we also do speak our minds and tell them when their brand is crap. Yeah. And we, we're very honest. Where I think agencies are just, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, just money, money, money. Just give us the money and we'll do whatever you want. And everyone, no one's happy in that. Like the reason we started the Misfits was we were unhappy in the traditional ad agency network. I was ready to leave Dubai. The guys that started this thing didn't even know what it was. Like kudos to Nader and Ace because they won't pump themselves up. Nader was making silly videos on Instagram. Ace was like, "This could be something." I want to get into content for the first six months. You guys were just trying to do like whatever, meeting people. But you, when you when you meet people, you have nothing to show. You know, it's that's a hard sell. You're like, "Well, what are yeah. you going to do with us?" And it was. And then I was like, I'm ready to leave. But I was helping the guys out. And they were like, look, we don't know if this is going to work. And I was like, it's the last roll of the dice for me in Dubai. So let's give it a shot. And it was that, all of us going into it with that, like, we've got nothing to lose. We can always leave if this doesn't yeah. work. But we have to stick to what we believe in. And Because we came from agencies where we were being made, make ads that we hated. We were on shoots that oh, everyone involved was like, this is so crap, this is so crap. And we're like, well, you know, and then the client is like, why aren't people sharing it? And you're like... Because it's crap and you know it's crap and everyone knows it's crap, but you just won't say it's crap because you're following this guideline from this and this and it's just a, that's what we tried to change. Like, and we did change it. Still, I
1: think that's, I think it think was that's, the, that's frustrating as well because we had to, very early on, we gave so many like restrictions to ourselves where we're like, we'll only present the concept we want to do and we think is right. Whereas agencies have like 20 backup concepts and all of that. We're very vocal. We've like walked out of so many fucking meetings where it got rude. Like we got rude, or like we we haven't held back, held back or anything. They don't get to see like once the idea is sold in, the next thing they see is the finished campaign. They're not allowed to comment on the cast. They're not allowed to comment on the shoot. They're not. They don't come to our shoots. They don't do any of that. But getting very traditional brands, it was such a fucking mission to convince them to take that leap of faith. Or, whatever in doing
5: it at the beginning it was after visa success and kareem people like like you said chris and steve people care about numbers so when 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 you guys first started you would know numbers behind your nothing but then you know when i joined a few four or five months into it you had the visa thing and that was the door opener so it was like wait that worked that that won an feo and then also then the kareem thing then they're like get these guys in every brand wanted us in because it was like they want to recreate that or a lie, or whatever you want to call it. And
3: I and I think and I think the one thing that you know the slingshot
5: really did
3: is it it, it showed the world that you don't need all the money because Lord knows we didn't have all the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, you know I think I changed the world. <laughs> no, 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 about you. No, I'm, I'm
0: still getting zoom, huh? <laughs> Uh, inside joke, Steve. I'll tell you another time and everyone on the <laughs> we will do it in the next episode.
3: <laughs> so I, think, I think what it showed the world was, you know, if the idea is strong enough and the message is right, you know, you don't need the money. You don't need to be a big brand. It's going to do what it's ought to do, you know. And, and I think that was, that was, that's what was the most satisfying bit for, for at least, you know, all of us. That, you know, I mean, it's, good. It's, it's easy. It's not easy, but when you've got millions of dollars and you can blanket bomb the internet, you know, just keep sponsoring posts, sponsoring posts, sponsoring posts, you'll reach awareness. You know what I mean? So we got people engaging. We got people actually sharing it and liking it and saying, "Screw that! We love this brand now." You know what I mean? For literally like a tenth of the budget of whatever any traditional brand would spend. You know?
0: I mean? Yeah, and and zero, zero media budget.
3: Zero media. So I think I think that's you know that was the key for uh, the entire industry. Like that, that's why we got so many calls after that, going like, okay, come in. But I think part of our frustration was that the market still didn't understand what we actually
5: achieved. Do you know what I mean? Like as the brand manager, we, we, man- we no, but we, that's was we, yeah. never tracked. We don't know the true measurement of this. If we had the true measurements, this we would have won the effectiveness line at Cannes at Bergen, the links and everything. We're not really.
1: Yeah,
3: but, as, but, as a, but as a but as a brand manager. But as a brand manager, if I see this, this team of marketeers who got together, really, you know, put their heads together and with minimal resources, did this, you know what I mean? But then you got to, sorry, sorry, got.: Sorry, man. It's just like in retrospect, I feel like
0: we never packaged it properly. Like, I don't, think, I don't think we've ever sat down and explained to people exactly what we did and how we did it. In I think I have,
3: man. I, I no, I
0: mean, I, I mean, like, like talking today and and kind of reflecting on the whole process, like, like the whole like WhatsApp piece, the seating piece, the the you know native, the fuck the KPI, the the that stuff, the the you know the resolution <laughs> of the video, the details that we went into that we today take for like super granted, the like unbrandedness, the you know, all all these things like, Oh, the cliffhanger, like Ross was saying, and Steve was saying like, this guy alive, like all those things are amazing insights of the type of content and how you distribute content where I don't feel I've properly packaged into a recipe because, because if you pitch that to a big brand, they can't do that. Even if they wanted to. That's, that's, yeah. That's part of the, so it's like, so it's like, you know, it was like almost a perfect storm. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think Misfits with Kareem, where it was in its life cycle, with, with, with me not giving a shit, with you guys not giving a shit, it was almost like a perfect storm where whereas if you went to like a big brand, if you went to Snickers and say, we're going to do a piece of content, we're going to natively drop it. It's not going to have any branding on it. And, you know, we're not going to measure any KPIs and we're going to do this. And, and no way that's going to get any sign-off. No way right? So, and, and I think every piece, every ingredient there in that recipe needs to be there in order for the same type of success to happen, in my opinion. Like, like for social media, virality, for any virality, it needs to be set free. It can't be paid. It can't yeah. be, right? So it's like, find a brand that's going to take the risk and produce something for, you know, $100,000 and then just drop it natively in WhatsApp and see what happens.
2: No way. You think you
3: think, you think that's gonna change now with the younger brand managers and the younger
5: people taking over marketing and stuff? Do you no. think that's gonna to... No, it's gonna get worse. This this is my personal opinion. Advertising has going to get worse. Kind of going down because everything's analyzed now to a T. You've got people that will say Google need to tell you you have to have the you know, subtitles on, and after four seconds, and Google say that, and that's in the this is the data, and you've got all these. And you're like, no, no wait, stop! Just let's go back to the idea first. No, no, Google say, and you're like, oh my god! So everything is measured, everything is analyzed. No one's you know willing to do that. And 100% is, no, 100%. I 100 agree. 100
1: like campaigns when their traditional campaigns aren't working or getting results, and they have to pay for everything. They're coming out with these random shit that you were talking about, Ross. Like the in three seconds, you have to do this, show this. And, and it's not actually the right construct for it to do well. It's just for it to cheat the system. So if you have a shorter vo- video, obviously your watch rate is going to go up. Mm. But it doesn't mean it's done its job of people getting the message and actually liking the, the, the campaign or anything. They're just I cheating. Mean, the stats. I mean,
0: straight up, the problem that every organization, at least that I've been a part of, has is that they're comparing apples and oranges. Right? Yeah, they're going to compare the branding team or the branding content to the performance of the digital yeah. market. And as long as I'm comparing these two things, which in their mind is, is you know, apples and apples, um, you know, uh, unfortunately like, like marketing leaders, or organizational leaders, CEOs, executives, they have an arsenal of, let's say, weapons, and they look at the ones that are most effective according to the KPIs that they can measure at least in the short term. And in the world that we live with today, where everything is super unstable and growth is the name of the game, is survival, basically, like strategic mindsets don't, don't exist as much as they used to, right? So, so it's like, you know, every organization I was ever a part of, even me on a day-to-day decision, I was leading digital marketing and I was leading, I was leading branding. In my budgeting and my forecasting, the lion's share of any resource, be it creative or dollars for marketing or whatever, would go to performance marketing because I could track it, measure it, justify it. Right. So it was like the amount of money we had to create this campaign versus the amount of money I was burning on, on performance marketing is not even comparable. But I could yeah, get absolutely. away with that because I could measure it. I could tell you, give me a dollar, I'll give you back four. But in this type of content, I mean, and, and more and more, like this is getting worse and worse and worse. And to be honest with you, like, like digital marketing, is, in my personal opinion, where I am in my career today, it's a scam, right? It's absolutely a scam, right? It's, it's, I have this debate with Stephen with brands that we serve today. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but if you only do that and if 95% of your budget goes to digital marketing, you're not building a brand, you're not building a sustainable business. Turn that off, see what happens, right? How much of it is causality? How much of it is correlation? How much of it is actually like... Brand building or sustainable? How much of it is actually kind of, you know, proving that you're actually building a good business? None of it, right? So, so, so I think unfortunately, like, like unless branding goes back to being a dictatorship, unless organizations have that discipline, and I think there are groups. There are the big groups, like we're talking about Snickers and Nike and Burger King. Those guys have understood it, established it. Take, you know, they have their market share, they have their resources, they understand it, they understand the value of it because they've been doing it for decades. In the newer brands, and in brands today, I don't know,
3: man. I don't like, especially. No, I, think, I think I think some of you know, do you know, um, do you know Flipkart in India. Flipkart, yeah, yeah, of course, Flipkart, yeah.
2: I think they're doing it right. You know,
3: they've they've done
0: branding yeah, they've been, marketing, yeah, but they've been around for a long time, right? Sure, and, sure. And, and they also have like they also have a, like the lion's share of the market too, right? So, so they. No, no, no. I no,
3: no, no sure, I agree. But I think I think that, that there's hope. There are people still doing it. It's just. It's a it's a it's a river you gotta cross, man. You have to convince that you have to school your, your brands. The reason they, they need to come to people like us, you know, all of us on this call, is because they shouldn't be able to do what we do, right? Um, it's just a matter of getting them to believe and act on it. You know, if we didn't need to we didn't need to convince Chris that the idea needs to be crazy. Chris knew that the idea has to be crazy. The reason Chris called us was because Chris knew this fact, right? He said, All right, it needs to be stupid, it needs to be and these guys are doing it. I want to talk to these guys, you know, we didn't need to convince you. No, no, no. Of, no. You, you, you could reform. have showed
0: me any concept. I would have gone for it. To be honest.
3: Do you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. so we, so our job was made easier from the start, like that convincing part that we have to do in a couple of meetings with other brands, where we go and school them and go like, no, look at this reach and Look what happened here. And look what happened after this. We do not have to do that with you. You know, I still think, you know, I'm call me optimistic. I, I still think there's a few brands out there. You just have to find them.
5: No, definitely brands doing good stuff. It's just like, I think there's a lot of things wrong. I I think the death of the traditional agency model is going to happen in the next few years. These big, huge WPPs that own all these, uh, we're one-stop solution. uh, Like we're coming in as specialists, let's say, in, in just video content and we're taking that bit of money. Then you've got the Accentures and all those guys coming in taking consultancy money. Google AdWords has taken a huge amount of money. So the industry in itself, is, and it's a billion, billion dollar industry, is going through a seismic shift over the last kind of five years. And the agency yeah. model is broken because awards now mean nothing other than scam and bollocks. So agencies want awards and they'll just do the bread and butter stuff for the brands. And there's a lack of trust between clients and agencies, you know, a lot. So there's not a nice relationship. We had a good relationship with Chris, like you said, we were, we were friends from the start and we had that kind of unity. We were all on this, we were on that rocket ship together. Whether yeah. it failed or whether it succeeded, we were in it together. Whereas it's not. That, that, that agency model of the client servicing or whatever you want to call it back in the day of actually getting to know your brand, getting to know this guy, it's not now. It's, there's less money, no the yeah. tech front, you're taking a and, lot of the creative and, talent away. And, <laughs> so there's, and, and to I'm, your
0: defense, by the way, to, to, to reinforce your point, our relationship came on the back of a failed relationship with an agency. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, our relationship only really existed because of a completely failed, distrustful relationship with the, with the agency before that, of which, you know, the key, per, the, the key figure in that organization also left that organization instead of his own agency too. So, so I completely agree with you. I think it's a seismic shift, but I also think in my career, the, the structural strength of marketing leaders in organizations has been diluted over time more and more and more as performance marketing has taken over, I would say, kind of that media, and as, you know, these huge organizations, the like Googles, the Facebook, the Twitters, and, and, and what have you, add, you know, the the, the the kind of digital marketing uh, media, less and less attention and focus has been given to branding because to them it's like a, it's an instant gratification kind of, Mm-hmm. I just put in money and I can see it, man. Like it gives me my revenue right away. Absolutely. So, absolutely so, so yeah. Less and yeah, less yeah. power, more and more power has been taken out of the like marketing, creativity, the brand and all that stuff because it's, it's a gamble, right? It's, it's absolutely a gamble. And, and we know it's a gamble. We saw the difference in some of the content, but that just meant that in the end, there's less trust in that and more trust in numbers,
4: which I guess <laughs> is a natural human kind of evolution. But, but over time, <laughs> yeah, I was say. that, that, that that's kind of a... what happened. It's an evolution and it's going to come full circle. It's just, it's got a, like for me, I, you know, I look at the agency model and I look at the way that we're, that, you know, there's always been that kind of back and forth between brands and agencies. And you always said, oh, the agency model needs to evolve. You know, it needs to evolve the cater. But then from, a, from an agency point of view, okay, well, give me access. And there's absolutely no way brands are going to just hand over that access to say, okay, let me help you improve. You're not going to provide that transparency and that clarity between the two. So until, it's, and it's kind of like, for, you know, I, I see the agency, model. I'm, I'm the same as you, Ross. The agency model needs to capitulate. It doesn't need just to uh, evolve or reform. It needs to completely capitulate. Like, it needs to hit rock bottom, where it is It is fundamentally broken, and then it is rebuilt. I think we've already started to see this you know, see that happen. I mean, Sorrell, to a large extent, has already started to you know give that indication. You know, as soon as he left, you know the, the entire group, the groups of agencies have to break up. So there will be that fragmentation. But if they break up and try to recluster, that's not going to help solve the problem either. It is yeah. rock bottom is required for that new wave of innovation, that new wave of creative talent, that new way of operating. And that's, it's only then when we might start to see what that new new world looks like, in my, in, in my view.
2: yeah. No. You know, you know um, in,
4: in,
3: in all fairness, what Chris was saying, um, I think part of our success um, has been the performance marketing guys. Performance love us, man. They love us because the results they get post the campaign um, that we've done on the same amount of, you know, uh, money that they're investing into performance is just enormous. So we, it's just, it's just, you know, maybe, maybe Chris's point, it just maybe needs to be brought to the forefront and highlighted and packaged better. And that's, Because the performance, the performance mm-hmm. guys will vouch for us, you know? And that yeah, it, it's so funny you say that. It's like,
0: you know, nowadays, obviously, Duck Life. you know, our advisory, uh, we, we try to give people advice based on our experience, right? Um, that's kind of how we position ourselves. Like, we're not going to sell you consulting or tell you what best practice is, and all this garbage. We're just going to let you leverage the experience, you know, failures and successes that we've had and help you leverage that. And when people, like we have a lot of customers that actually strategically want us to lead their marketing thinking and stuff like that, right? So not only help us build the brand, but tell us how do we run marketing, right? And, and it's funny, now, the way we think about and the way we pitch kind of brand and marketing is we don't disassociate the two. They're one of the same. So when somebody tells us, okay, how much money do I spend in branding and how much marketing do I spend in digital? I'm like, they're the same thing. And, and that's what we're starting to realize is that somewhere along the line, somebody drew a line in the sand and said, this is branding and this is marketing. Which is total fucking bullshit. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, they're not disassociated. They're exactly the same thing, right? Like one is a kind of character, you know, and the other one is basically like a structural mechanism to acquiring customers. But you need the character to do that piece, right? Like they're not, they're not different things. And organizations today have tried to be, you know, outsmart their own selves. And they said, we have a brand leader, and we have a marketing leader, and we have this guy, and we have that guy. And they've completely disassociated the two. So they say, how much do I spend in brand, in production, in content? And how much do I spend in performance marketing? And what I, and the way we kind of position that these days is, is we, we make sure organizations understand that they're absolutely the same thing. You cannot do a performance marketing campaign without branded content.
2: Yeah.
3: I, so most of my most of my success, you know, in Pakistan, we got very busy. Was because of the point you just highlighted, you know, and it was it was after I, I got together with a performance marketing agency where we started pitching together. So I would come up with the creative, and then we go and package it with the performance and pitch it. And it was because every time you did a campaign, and then you did performance followed right after, the results were much much better. And it's so crazy how terminology can fuck everything up. Like, just
0: because one thing is called performance doesn't mean the other thing is non-performance.
4: You know what I mean? Ew. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> like such a... <laughs> I don't don't, me, don't, me, don't I even fucking start me on that topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and, 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 it, and it's crazy, right? It's like, I mean, there was nothing more performing, in my opinion, than the Slingshot campaign and all the campaigns that Kadeem done in history, in, in its history. Like, so in the last four years, if we, were, if we would be able today to find a way to track I'm sure there's gonna be some technology at some point that will allow us to like, recognize the video and we'll just see how many people have seen anything resembling that. I'm sure if we were able to track it, there was probably nothing more powerful than that, than that piece of content today. And I think fundamentally, somewhere along the line, somebody in the performance marketing world <laughs> just attacked branding, you know? And, and yeah. the poor guy who was supposed to defend branding was, was, was caught with his pants down, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he had nothing to say. And, and I, I think that's, unfortunately, kind of like how organizations work. And, and because most brands today, especially now because of COVID, are forced to be digital brands. Absolutely, all right? brands. So it's like all branding is, so, is associated to old school, right? And performance or digital marketing is associated to new school, so it's like this natural association. Oh, we're a digital brand now. We have to do performance
3: marketing only. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's just a lack that's of... Nat- that's naturally going to evolve, though. I think that's... Yeah, what I, mean. I think so. It just, ta- it just needs a bit of time. It, it will evolve into...
5: Yeah, well, We've yeah. also, and I'm not going to name any names, like me and Nader, at one meeting, Like we did this campaign for a brand and did really well. And we are like, can we get the results? Because we like learning ourselves. And he's like, I can't give them to you, but I'll, I'll tell them to you or whatever so I recorded, <laughs> I recorded him on my phone unknowingly and he was basically saying yeah it's performed amazing amazing here it's done this it's done that amazing really really good and then we are like cool so what about the follow up campaigns like nah it's too expensive so we won't go with you again we are like but well, you just said it performed really well he's like yeah it has yeah but we're just going to go back and do some performance marketing and retargeting we're like okay but do you not want to ride the wave nah he's like okay that makes no sense but have a nice day yeah I think that's where they're going
3: wrong you know you've got to it's all right if you don't want to go ahead right at that moment but when you go back out with communication I think you should invest and go back out again in the same tone of voice and the same style because you know it worked
5: so yeah it's just not no one's long term the mentality is uh, you know it's not my brand that's why it's it's nice when when you go into a startup and it's just the two owners or three owners or whatever and you're like brilliant this is going to be a lot easier there isn't that layer of yeah but then they have no money
4: (laughs) So, yeah, I was about to say, so when, when are we going to work together? <laughs> yeah, so that, that's,
3: that's, the, that's, that's what you have to chew on right now, from now at least, you know, that startups don't have money. But if you pick up any of these massive successes, man, you know, off the top of my head, like think different campaign for Apple, you know, uh, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, yeah. they, they paid for it out of pocket, do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the company didn't want to do that campaign. They said, screw it, we'll do it, we'll pay for it, you know, because we believe in it. Um, at that point, you know, Apple was an upcoming brand and, you know, there was no there was no branding, you know, they were building it. So, I, I, you know, it is a natural evolution. It'll take time. The startup is like the new businesses coming in, you know. I think that, you know, the Ubers and the Kareem's or, or the Deliveroo's and all are tomorrow's Nestle and Coke, and, do you know what I mean?
5: Just give them time to get there. They are the next prop. Isn't, isn't the mentality of startups is to just grow, 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 sell. Ah, take my check, yeah. run. You know what I mean? Is that why? Yeah. For now. For example, why build a brand? I need to just build users and followers, whatever it might be. But
0: That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yeah. I feel like I feel like, at least even in the middle of when we were doing the slingshot, the last 10 years, startup has, a startup has never been incentivized to learn or do anything for its brand. That's not a yes, yes, yes. their focus at all. They don't understand it, they don't care to understand it. It's it's it doesn't you know, they're super focused on only one KPI and that's revenue or user or, or what have you, right? So I don't think so startups that, think that's, are really um but know, I think I think that's that's, that's
3: what but I think that's what we're saying is missing. And that's what Misfits brings to the table, right? 0504545946. <laughs> <laughs> <That's->
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chino, you
0: know! <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think we're going to censor that part out. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no. no you're right, you to know. To come up on
2: screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a little scrolling, <laughs> <laughs> little dancing
3: emojis. You know, contact us. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think. Look, when you're when you're working on growth, 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 scale, scale, more active users. And I understand it's for the funding, right? It's because the more active users you have, the better funding you can get. The better funding you get, the better you grow the business and the better you market. You know, it's all it's all correlated. So at that, at that point in life uh, of a startup, it's hard, right? They're, they're aggressively just trying to scale, 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 scale. I, I do think that after all this is settled, because it's a bit chaotic right now. After all this is settled and you've identified your key brands and leaders in each category, you know what I mean? Then look at Uber. I think, I think Uber is doing it. I mean, if you look at Uber's uh, communication anywhere, it has the same tone of voice. You pick up Egypt, Pakistan, uh, GCC, you know, it's got similar sort of uh, treatment to the visuals as well. It's got a similar style. So they are... Honestly,
5: honestly, top of mind, I can't think of one Uber ad or communication ever, ever. I know they've done some crap, uh, people driving, that's about all.
3: I'm not saying they've done good marketing as yet, like anything that's been out of the box and creative. So what I'm saying is they are they are working on their branding. Do you know what I mean? They do maintain a certain brand personality. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, it I looks, think, it I think looks the argument, is
4: safer playbook.
0: Yeah, I think the argument that they have a very like consistent brand, I I buy into. I think they're super consistent. I think they're super mature. I think they're super, kind of dictatorship. Uh, et cetera. But, but it took them three tries, man. They rebranded. Sure, sure, times, sure. Right? Yeah. So, so sure. I, think, I, think, I think that came with the evolution of the maturity of the brand. If you look at the guy leading Uber right now, I mean, he's a super experienced guy, super disciplined. I mean, built brands before in his time. He understands the power. So he brought in that discipline, that maturity. But to Ross's point, and I think this is where we should probably kind of pull off the conversation, by the way. I think when we look at the Middle East, right, and, and I've been a, bit, a big advocate for this for a long, long time, you know if we're actually going to come out of being an emerging market if we're going to like inspire people attract talents uh do anything we need to have fucking cool brands right from the region like when you're growing up in the region i mean who the hell do you look up to what what, what brands inspire you it's not like i grew up and i was like oh i want to I, I grew up inside it's not like oh i want to almarai is amazing you know what i mean like it's not like there are not i can't even count a few you know, maybe, maybe, but yeah, yeah. but, but still, like like Emirates Airlines, maybe. But in terms of a brand with a cool tone of voice that's super, you know, innovative, inspiring, kind of speaks different, that speaks our kind of you know you know style or whatever. There's nothing like the Middle East is just dry, right? It's just it's got no character. And for a second, there was you know maybe a little pocket of coolness coming out of Egypt and their content. For a second, there was. Maybe, you know, the stuff, you know, I think that was happening here with you guys and stuff like that. But there was never kind of like, you know, a, a rush of amazing brands that came out that represented this new generation, this cool generation, the up and coming, right? Like, I mean, yeah. all of us all, all, all of us are here scratching our heads saying, you know, where are the cool brands? You know, I, I cannot for the life of me, even in Dubai, think of five brands that really resonate with me
3: that are cool, they're doing anything different. Can't. Well, the word, the world's changed since we did the slingshot, man. <laughs> it's gotten really sensitive, and yeah, it's you know, regressed, man. That, it's regressed,
0: right? Like we it's can't. Regressed, yes. People are afraid of saying stuff. Content is super delicate. Like, like exactly. it's super, super tough, right? But but there's room. Look, look at Nike, man. Nike's
3: killing it, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. really going for it. Like they're not. But then you look at their age, look at their agency relationship as well with Wyden and Kennedy, man, and that will tell you everything. They don't, yeah. they don't even shop around or look around. That's it. They're married trust. together, man. Trust. Trust. They trust each other. Yeah. it doesn't go around, you know, money grabbing and looking for every opportunity yeah. with every brand. They're happy with what they've got, you know. Um, it takes time but to, to build that relationship, you know, and hopefully, you know, we can get to do that as well. Because I, I have a lot of faith in the startup community, man. I think there's great brands coming out. I, I think, you know, too. if we can... I just have
0: no faith in the agency. Well, yeah, so no, we
2: come in now, 050. I mean, I don't,
3: marketing thing. I start holding up black cards and stuff <laughs> with my Instagram.
2: To,
5: to, to pick up on Nader, your point earlier when you said we were rude, let's uh, just say we're not rude, but uh, we, we're very honest, and it's it's actually a breath of fresh air. Like because they're so used to clients just telling them what they want to hear, going outside, bitching about them, and blah, blah blah. But a lot of the, twice or three times, we've absolutely refused to do something uh, and, you know, just saying, no, no, and walked out. And it's come back. Like, they they actually appreciated that from us. They're like, oh, no, do you know what? You're right. We stepped back. We thought about it. You guys are right. Do do what you said. Because they're not used to getting that pushback. You know what I mean? Everyone, if everyone's, if if you're instructed to do something wrong, you know, no matter what you do with it, it's not going to be right. It's always going to be wrong. So that's the problem at the moment. Everyone's just pushing around to kind of, onus of blame and no one's taken and that's what is good about startups you have like you know we did some cool stuff with the washman guys originally you know, shout out to Absolutely. them. and they were just like yeah we're the decision makers cool let's do it and we we're like that's it's a much cooler and easier process but there is a lack of trust. And I get it. I've worked in agencies. Agencies are all over the place. You know, we're, we're one and you have the digital department upstairs. They don't even work with you on the idea. And then you've got this department here and you're going in as like, we're just one agency. We're so amazing. We're on the same page. And you're no, not. I
1: have like 20 people, fucking 150 slides and they'll change yeah. everything to get the project in. They'll do whatever it is. Oh, you need fucking laundry? Yeah, we'll do that as well. They'll take on as much and change everything. Yeah. What Ross was saying, the ones we walk up, those were approved. They were just changing like lines or getting involved in like small details that we didn't agree with to the point where we pulled out from the full project. But they do realize, they do. I, I, I think there's
3: a lot of brands realizing that they need to give the, 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 the control to the agency to, to a high degree in order to get success. I think there's a lot of brands startups even that are realizing that you just have to find yours, right?
4: Brands and agencies uh, need to evolve and change with this, right? It's um, it's not just on the the agencies to punish it. No, that's up to the marketers and the brands and the the people in the organisation. Need, we need that grit and fight back in the marketing world. So, yeah, way that you operate.
0: So, on, on that note, what are you guys doing next? What's what's coming?
3: Look, I, I I can't say because this. It's illegal to say what I'm going to do next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I'm about to
2: do is...
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the landscape's completely changed now, obviously, with yeah. like, what's going on and stuff. And understandably, they're not looking... Priority isn't awareness campaigns and brancher. They're all, they went into like kind of reactive mode where they went, we need to do safety messages. We just want content. We like, and they're all being really, they're all putting out the same shit. Some of it's not even linked to the brand. You have like fucking sugar drink telling you to stay home when it's like, why the fuck is, they're just riding on the same shit everyone's doing. Uh, and the nature of like kind of economically what's happening, there's so much fucking competition, so many brands, so many agencies right now in, in the like region that they're just doing anything anything that like brand wants to do they're doing it in-house and they're trying to and they're taking like tiny budgets to do all this shit so for us i think it was like it's not even worth we don't want to be doing any of that tactical stuff we only want to work on stuff we believe in so we've happily like come to terms with it and said look we're pulling out until the right campaign comes and it's pointless like trying to survive off this like these seeds and shit um so, yeah. we, we're, we're just taking this time. We're, like I was telling you earlier, Chris, so, we're we kind of moved into, we're using this time to try and get into stuff that we're not. So, we don't have that much experience in, but trying to build the experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to put your phone number up this time.
3: <laughs> and your email and your GPS location. I <laughs> think. I think like, yeah, we, like, like now they're saying, like we're not going aggressive with the brands and trying to school them every day because that gets exhausting, and frustrating for us as well. So we're kind of testing the waters. If we meet a brand and they get it, uh, then great. It's a success. If we meet a brand and they're all about performance and I, I, I'm sorry to use this, throw this word around so much, but that's what it is right now. Everybody's just running after performance marketing, right? If we meet the brand and they're more help bent on performance and, measuring the ROI on the campaign, then they're like, you obviously don't see what we're doing here. And that's just going to turn sour, right?
1: Because it got so competitive because of how many people are out there and they don't see the value right now with the concepts and ideas. So even when we've gotten briefs or they've approved stuff and then they go, oh, no, no, no. uh, There's like six other agencies and production houses. This is the budget based off of what they've asked for. And we're like, the idea we have doesn't even fit that. You never even told us that at the store. So personally, I think the market's gonna get fucked in the next six months because they're all taking on all this shit. It's a so short time, yes. Be here when when everyone starts dropping off. Just still be around, and when the right projects come in, and we'll take on the campaigns. But for now, we'll focus on just yeah, like
5: the- it's. Like, uh, like, you know, you have to make light of every situation. So essentially the world went on pause for us. We, we had a really big campaign that was not far off getting approved that would have set us up, it was brilliant, all good, and then coronavirus hit. And at the start, we were wrecking our own heads trying to find business. And it was like, like Nader said, there was these like, here, can you do a safety video for pennies like pennies and that's our morals were tested now because we always said no we won't just do stuff for money but when the money stops coming in you're like maybe we should do this we need the money but we said no we're going to use this time to get try into more like tv show writing movies shorts because that's what we're it's very rare in your in your professional life you're given a block of time to actually pursue what you really want to do do you know what i mean like we, we know like creatives and, and what we do we have a shelf life you can't be 59 going in hey guys i got a tiktok video for you you know to a young brand managers, it's it's a very ageist industry so we've always had we need a plan b to get out of here so this has just given us a two-month block to not worry about things to not have to answer to all these calls and emails and try and go out and pitch for business and just go right if we want to write tv shows me and i are, we've all been saying let's do TV shows. We did this thing called the intern for just shits and giggles up on the thing. And we're like, there's something in this, you know, is branded content. We want to try. And so there's lots of stuff that we've had on the wall as ideas. And now we're like, yeah, let's use this time. Cause who knows? You know,
3: I, I think exactly. sum it up, we're, we're using this time to enhance our skills basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, rather than chasing performance campaigns and doing tactical campaigns, which does n- nothing for us, uh, you know, psychologically or or emotionally as well. Um, so we're avoiding that. And we're just going for like creative campaigns. If they come along, other than that, yeah, we just do our own stuff, you know? And I, I'd say I've had better, um, you know, the Pakistan offices have better response because there's um, a lot of young brands that come up and they, they want to be risky and they understand. And Pakistan's a funny place like Egypt, you know what I mean? So yeah. they, really, they really digest humor very well. So They want to do like this takes and songs and stuff. So it's a bit better because every now and then there's a campaign you go like you know what I'll do it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, But if it's if it's wasting your time and energy on just doing a tactical campaign that's gonna go nowhere, we're 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 fairly new as well, right? We're like three or four years old. Um, We have a very good portfolio, very good. You know, God's been very kind to us, man. We've got great results on most of our campaigns, but you know we still want to build more on it. So we want to still do good campaigns. For a few years before we hang up the gloves. So yeah,
0: cool. I think, I think a lot of people are having those kind of reflections. To be honest, I think Steve and I actually we have a session this week where we're going to sit down and decide: do we just keep making, you know, money and getting more clients, or do we start to work on more of our passion stuff um, and staying true to who we are and what we want to do? I think that's kind of like a natural kind of uh, position that a lot of people are are in. If you have the privilege you know, to, to be in that position because bottom line, you have to be privileged to have that, you know, capability to, to kind of even begin with, right? Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I completely respect that. I can't wait to see what you guys, you know, work on. Um, and I, I, I sincerely hope uh, that the perfect storm happens again. Um, and maybe it won't be Elon Musk, maybe it'll be Donald Trump that could post it for us. Next time, but
3: yeah. uh, <laughs> who knows? Yes. Short, we'll try. <laughs> short, keep trying, <laughs> but um, only
0: because he has the most Twitter followers in the world. So, but but anyway, that's um, where he
4: spends ninety-five percent of his time, as well, right? That and TV. that,
0: and being a president. Yeah, um, but yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, guys, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's been a long time coming. Great catch-up. I don't think it's. I don't think I've been with all three of you on a call or even together in the same conversation for years, three years. Yeah. Three years uh, but uh, really good thanks to have you, you on. Thanks a lot um, for coming thanks on for the show. Us. Great, great catch up. And we're going to post this and we're going to censor everybody except uh, Isa. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm dropping gems here, man. I'm dropping gems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks a lot, guys. Really uh, no, appreciate Thank you, guys. It. It's um, been a pleasure. And, Steve, and, and personally, you, personally, I super appreciate Thanks, you guys, guys too, man. You guys uh, really helped me a lot, and I hope I, I hope you guys feel the same way. But I really appreciate it. you do, man. It's been good times. Yeah.